0: This is Healthy Starts Early, a podcast about eating healthy as a family. I am your host, Sarah Rusing, founder of the Phoebe app and passionate advocate of healthy eating at home. A quick disclaimer, our content is for informational purposes only and should not be taken as a healthcare advice. If you have any concerns over the health and well-being of your child, please contact your GP or health visitor. Now let's enjoy the next episode. Today I'm joined by Alia Porter, an experienced and registered nutritionist who runs the Weaning Centre in Porter Nutrition. Alia has over 15 years' experience working with charities and businesses and the NHS to help people to improve their health by eating well. She has three children, which has helped her to understand firsthand some of the challenges faced by parents when it comes to weaning and healthy eating. And in 2021, she published Weaning on a Budget, an ebook that is designed to help you through the weaning journey without breaking the bank. You can find the link to Alia's ebook and her websites in the show notes of this episode on our website, phoebeup.com. So, Alia, my first question is that lots of listeners will have heard that people say food under one is just for fun.
1: Is this really true? No, it's not. It's more complex than that. Um, if you just think about weaning under one just being just for fun, then you miss out on a window of opportunity to introduce lots of different foods, but also to set those really good foundations for later life. But we don't want to add pressure to people. So um, it, there is supposed to be fun in there, but it's not just for fun. And
0: could you tell us why awareness of nutrition is so important in those early days?
1: So, it's important to lay good foundations right from the very start. It's not just from the, the point that we introduce solids that those foundations are laid. So, it might be through breastfeeding and through flavours passing from mum into the um, breast milk. Um, but also if you're if you're bottle feeding, actually the, the patterns that you set around feeding will help them to develop patterns, um, helpful or, or, not, or not unhelpful patterns um, in, in later life. Um, in terms of awareness of nutrition, um, actually knowing what good nutrition is can help us to offer the right foods to our children from those early days. So it might be that you're very familiar with what a healthy diet is for an adult but it is different for children. Um, So so knowing knowing what to offer is helpful. Those habits are forming right from the beginning. So actually the foods that we're offering and the way that we're offering them um, will help them um, to to develop good good foundations. Um, There are also lots of vital nutrients that they need to be getting right from the the beginning. Um, So for example, um, iron, by the point they're Six months, their iron stores will have depleted from birth, and so actually, we need to start getting some iron rich foods into their diet. So, that awareness and understanding of nutrition is really important. And um, what should parents be aiming to include in the first stages of weaning? So, lots of different things. Um, So, there are things that you shouldn't have, um, and there's a whole list of things that you shouldn't have, but there is really important to have variety in those early stages. Um, Lots of people like to start with fruit and vegetables, um, particularly thinking about the bitter vegetables. Um, So things like broccoli or cabbage um, or cauliflower are those bitter vegetables. Um, But it's not just vegetables and fruits that you can start off with. Um, We also want to encourage children to have a range of protein foods. So things like meat, fish, eggs, um, nuts, as long as they're um, ground or in nut butter form. Um, pulses so things like chickpeas and lentils um, and then also having um, that kind of variety of um, carbohydrate foods so things like potatoes or rice or pasta, bread um, really important for variety Um, some iron rich foods so um, things like red meat um, or oily fish or nuts dark green leafy vegetables have some um, iron in them um, as to uh, fortified cereals. So um, breakfast cereals are a good way to get um, iron into babies, making sure they're not high salt options, obviously. Um, and then full fat dairy. So we don't want babies to be having low fat dairy products until they're two. Um, they they need to be having those full fat products then they can go on to the, the lower fat and then onto skim from five but um, initially they need to have full fat dairy products so it's really about having variety avoiding things like honey and um, avoiding things like um, added sugar added salt Um, foods that are likely to increase risk of food poisoning as well Um, but they should be um, aiming for uh, that real variety. Another common common myth within this though is that um, whole grains are really healthy for babies so actually they should be having some whole grains but not at every meal Um, so like I said um, previously the diet for a healthy adult is is slightly different um, to a diet for a healthy little one.
0: That's really interesting that you're mentioning the whole grain, because I remember always having been advised by health visitors and dietitians actually to opt to, to opt for the whole grain version of pasta, for example, and bread. Could you maybe just give us a snippet of what happens if babies have too much whole grain? Is it the fiber or what? what is it that is um, not so healthy for a small child?
1: Absolutely, for a couple of reasons there, because um, if you have a whole grain, it's likely to fill you up and keep you fuller for longer, which is great for an adult and great for an older child. So from two plus, they can be having whole grains at each meal and should be ideally having that. But little babies have very small stomachs. That's why they need to eat quite frequently. Um, And if you fill their stomach up with something quite heavy, like a whole grain or um, too much in in the way of pulses, so that beans, lentils, things like that, then they don't have enough space for all the other things that they need. And so they don't actually get enough energy um, in their their tummies, their tiny tummies at each meal. Also, the way that the fibre works in the the stomach and in the intestine is that it doesn't allow for the absorption of some nutrients in the way that we want want that to be. So, for example, for iron, it might reduce the iron absorption. And obviously I mentioned we need to have iron-rich foods going into babies particularly as they develop new blood as they grow. Um, so, yeah, it's really important to have some whole grains, but not whole grains at every meal, just because of that heaviness of the of baby's diet.
0: And um, some parents might find it overwhelming to include all of these foods in a baby's um, diet within a day. So what would your advice be? Can we look at a whole week um, where we look at um, a healthy balanced diet for, for such a small child?
1: Absolutely. So we can get overwhelmed with nutrition generally. Um, A nutritionist or a dietitian's probably studied for at least three years at a degree level to to tell you all about it. So um, we don't want you to feel overwhelmed. Definitely, um, it can be across the week. Ideally, we are trying to get in five different fruits and vegetables across a day. And we're aiming for a variety of, of proteins and carbohydrates, like I talked about. When I say a portion of vegetables, or five vegetables, or five fruits um, in total, um, we're thinking about a handful. So it's not masses and masses. um, But sometimes it can be helpful to write those things down um, and plan, plan out what you're going to do. This is not right from six months. So at six months, we're talking about tiny tastes. And if you think about tastes rather than meals, it can take the pressure off a bit. Um, So you're just trying to get them used to different flavours, different textures. And as they build up and probably about eight months, they'll be having three different things a day um, or three different meal times a day. Um, They'll be adding in more and more as time goes on. But think about five different fruit and vegetables, um, some carbohydrates um, at each meal um, and some protein at each meal. And then um, across the week, a bit like with adults, we're saying um, two portions of fish a week, rather than you know working out per day, then you know, that kind of reduces it. Yeah, and really, don't. I think it's really important to remember that babies are going to be needing you for. Um, Lots of different things, not just food. And if we put too much pressure on food preparation and um, making meals look absolutely perfect, it's going to be overwhelming. So actually thinking about um, simple things that you can do, you know, if you're if you're eating carrots um, with your meal, maybe you could cook some carrot batons to go with with baby's meal and have some extra for, for the next day. Um, Or if you're um, able to use the freezer and have those options as well, that can kind of um, reduce the risk of, uh, of spending ages in the kitchen.
0: Let me take a quick break and tell you about our great app Phoebe that gives you all the inspiration for cooking healthy food for your family. Phoebe is currently free to use, so make sure you get it today. The link is in the show notes. And if you find this episode helpful, please give us a five star review on Apple Podcasts to help more parents discover it. Now, let's get back to our episode. What is the effect or, or what can delaying solids mean for a small child? I know that, you know, sometimes you say, you know, food under one, not just for fun. Then there's also kind of taking off the pressure of the parents and people think, like, oh, it doesn't matter if I don't start solids right away at six months. Um, what kind of effects can it have on a small child?
1: So in, in terms of um, thinking about kind of what they actually need, if we don't give them the um, the nutrients that they do need, that's going to affect their growth and their development. And in more extreme cases, things like their bones won't develop properly, their growth might be slower, and their brain development might be slower. Obviously, those are extreme cases, so I don't want to panic you. But actually, um, this shouldn't add pressure, but it's it's an important reminder that It's not just for fun at this point. Um, They do need that nourishment alongside their milk. Initially, the milk is going to be providing most of their nutrients, but things alongside it, um, like iron, um, for healthy blood, um, like iodine, certain nutrients are really, really important. um, And if they don't have those things, then that's going to delay their development. Also, um, there is research that suggests that if you delay the introduction of allergens, um, beyond six months so if you kind of don't in- introduce things like nuts um, or wheat um, things like that if you don't put those in then that can actually increase your risk of developing an allergy later on um, so it's important to try and introduce those foods initially um, it can be a bit nerve-wracking introducing an in allergen- food um, but try and um, do that as early as you possibly can so the, the kind of general recommendation unless um There are allergens in the family, which um, means that the recommendations are slightly different, but for the general population, um, it's to introduce them from six months. So that might be adding a little bit of um, peanut butter that's not got added sugar or added salt um, onto the end of your finger and letting them suck it off your finger. Or it might be giving them a a small piece of bread um, and trying to help them with that process. So definitely don't uh, don't delay textures either. because that will increase fussiness too. So there's a whole host of different things about delaying and the problems with delaying, because you want to get that kind of um, acceptance of food going to reduce fussiness.
0: You just mentioned allergens. So we actually had a parent question that kind of links in a little bit with this. Um, And the parent was asking... um, to here, she's interested in the tension between exposing babies to a wide range of foods and flavors at the beginning, but also being cautious if your baby has already some known allergens um, and how do you get that get it right, the tension between offering foods um, and at the same time being cautious and this mother also heard that a lot of people have been advised to offer three days in a row the same food to see if there's any um, any reactions.
1: So in in terms of allergens, uh, the advice is slightly different depending on whether um, you have a known allergen or not, um, as I mentioned before. There are details on my website. There's a blog with with links um, that will go into more detail around that. Um, But in terms of... um, the three days in a row, it's important to introduce allergens one at a time. Um, And if you want to introduce them over three days, that's fine. Um, That does give you a bit more of an indication as to whether they've had a reaction um, just as a one-off or kind of repeated reaction. Um, But it's really, really important that you don't introduce it at the same time as another known allergen. Um, There are any food could be an allergen, but there are 14 common allergens. Um, So it's worth knowing what those are and introducing those one at a time. Um, In terms of getting their variety... Yes, it's hard to get variety, um, but it's, it really helps to write it down. Um, so in terms of the, the kind of 100 foods idea, you know, 100 foods before one, it's great to introduce that variety of foods. But repeat exposure is also really important um, because babies need to, to learn which foods are acceptable and safe. And you may find um particularly after they get to one they'll fit certain foods that they will only accept if they're cooked a certain way so they might only like carrot batons rather than carrots cut into um, small cubes or they might only like um, a certain shape of pasta and not another shape of pasta and that's about being familiar with that type of food so that repeat exposure is important for not just allergens it's important for all foods and then variety mixed in with that so yeah, by all means, write it down what you're, um, what you're having so you can keep track of what you've, you're giving. But um, the 100 foods don't necessarily help us in this process. A, a lot of mothers, they spend
0: um, a lot of time on Instagram these days and they see many people posting the 100 foods that or the first 100 foods that their little ones has eaten. So I think there can be a bit of an artificial pressure almost to introduce loads of different foods before your child turns one year old.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, and a lot of those 100 foods lists are not foods that we would necessarily recommend for children. Um, so there'll be things on there like croissants and Um, pizza and chicken nuggets and all sorts Um, and a lot of the foods might be high in salt high in sugar um, which is not recommended for for weaning Um, there is a hundred foods list um, on my website um, and that includes things like hundred different um, fruits vegetables um, protein foods carbohydrates just so you can actually remember what you're what you could include because I think sometimes we get stuck on um, we're always eating broccoli and peas and carrots and actually this so many different vegetables out there um, so it can be helpful to have a prompt um but yeah de- definitely don't get stuck on i've got to have 100 foods and be really aware of what's on those lists because not all of it is is really acceptable or appropriate should i say for babies this is i mean it's so so rich
0: in information what you've just shared with us so i'll make sure that i put all the the links for their parents and carers on our show notes site um, so thank you so much for making the time to speak to us uh, alia and obviously if somebody would want more information um, they would have to visit the weaning centre. Is that the best place um, to get in touch with you?
1: Yes, Or well, I'm, I'm on
0: Instagram. And we'll share that in the show notes for our listeners. And um, thank you so much for your time. And it was great speaking to you. You're very welcome, Sarah. It's been fun. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Make sure you download our app, which provides free recipes and weaning tips for families with young children. Look for Phoebe on the App Store. That's P-H-O-E-B-E. And if you found this episode helpful, please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts to help more parents discover it. That's
1: it for today.